So we just implore you that you find a way in your heart to contribute to what we do. And without further ado, I guess we can get started with the trivia game. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> now, uh, here's the game, how the game will be played. Now, it's going to be um, elimination style until we get down to the last few people. So I'm going to ask a series of questions, and you're going to either raise your right hand and your left hand, like if a question is true or false, or it's between one person and another person, and I'll tell you which hand is for which. And so this is going to be on an honor system, okay? So when I announce the wrong answer, if you get the answer wrong, you are out of the game automatically. There's no, like, coming in. Yes. Honor system in the month of Ramadan. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. There are prizes. Hey, you guys remember when I talked about those fun movie tickets? That's a part of it. Someone, oh, mashallah, has contributed something else. We have a $50 gift certificate to Soul Society. Soul Society. What? So you might want to pay attention. <laughs> you want to win this prize. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Let's see. And I'll see answer. You get it wrong, okay, you're out of the game. So again, it's a process of elimination. It's like you're in it or you're out. And um, honor system, if you see someone at the table, feel free to just call them out if they're cheating, all right? That's how we get down, all right? Sharia law, right? It's horrible. It's like, you're lying, okay. Like two witnesses, gotcha, all right. Okay, um, so then when we get down to the final people, like the final few, we'll bring them up to the front and then we'll have like the, the thunderbolt round. Is that what they call it? The lightning round. <laughs> Thunderbolts, okay. All right, question number one. <clears throat> Brothers, you can participate in this too. <laughs> okay, true, raise your right hand. False, raise your left hand, okay? True or false, the first person, now let me finish the question, the first person to become a Muslim, hold on, question, am I calling on someone randomly? <laughs> Got it. Okay, I just remembered. Okay, so yeah, so I'm going to say this question. You're going to raise your hand what you think the answer is. Keep it in the air. There's none of this. So you keep your hand in the air, right? And if your answer is wrong, you'd be like, ah, I had the wrong hand up, you're out. If your answer was right, you're still in the game. Okay, got it? Sort of? Okay, let's do a practice. Uh, today was Friday. Put your left hand up if that's, tr your left hand up if that's false, right hand up if it's true. Today was Friday. Some people are switching. Keep your hand up. The answer is true, so your right hand should be up. You have two hands up, see, now you're out of the game. You see how that works? Okay, we got it? Okay, all right. All right, question number one, true or false? Right hand is true, left hand is false. The first person to become Muslim after the Prophet Muhammad received his revelation was a woman. Okay, y'all got your answer? No arm moving. The answer is... True, right hand wins. The Prophet Muhammad's wife, Khadijah, was the first person to believe in Islam. What, what? And he was married only to her. So going to add that in there for 25 years before her death. So it's doable, people. It's doable. Okay. 
you. <laughs> true or false? Remember, right hand is true, left hand is false. Women's only mosques are present in China, but are a very recent phenomenon. Want me to say it again? Women only mosques, women's only mosques are only present in China, but they're only a recent phenomenon. So true, they're only in China and they're recent or false. Okay, we got your arms up? Okay, you guys look at your neighbors too to make sure they're being honest. Okay. <laughs> the answer is false. What? Some women only some women's only mosques in China can be dated back to the early 1800s. Yes. What? We still had slaves in the West. Okay. And female imams were referred to as Ehong. Thank you. That's my Chinese. Women's mosques exist around the world and used and used to exist in much greater numbers, but they died out in other countries, probably because of misogyny, and other exist in small numbers in countries like Egypt. Syria, Palestine, and Yemen. So yes, if you put your right hand up, I'm sorry, you were out of the game. It's okay. Honor system. All right. Who's, who's still in the game? Mostly. All right. Number three. Maybe I should skip to number four. No, listen to number three. Okay. Well, have you that? Are women narrators and transmitters of prophetic hadiths? Nope. You're out. I'm no, I'm kidding. Muhadidat, something like that. Um, are the women narrators and transmitters of prophetic hadiths? False, true. True, false. The answer is false. If your left hand is up, you are out. False. Muhadidat are different from the rawiyat. I wish I could tell you what that means. No, who only transmitted and narrated the hadith? that or on the other hand, were educated women scholars specializing in teaching of the canonical works of hadith. Yes, that word over there. Scholars, you hear that? Women scholars supervising and learning process of their students, guiding them and issuing them. Oh my gosh. Ijihazah. <laughs> I'm making sure if you're paying attention. <laughs> An official certificate and document materials grants a certain learned status of their students. Great. That's a mouthful. The answer is false. Okay, let's skip to another one. You're, you say you're in? You're here playing, you're enjoying it. Okay. Do, should I do this one, the long Sora? Just do it. All right, you guys. <clears throat> We're going to turn it up a notch. What? <laughs> Sharia law. Okay. Does this famous, this famous one, now this is famous, really, Quranic verse come from Surah Anisa or Surah Ahzab? You ready? <clears throat> Verily, for all men and women who have surrendered themselves unto God and all believing men and women and truly devout men and truly devout women and all men and women who are true to their word and all men and women who are patient in adversity and all men and women who humble themselves before God and all men and women who give in charity and self-denying men and self-denying women and all men and women who are mindful of their chastity 
and all men and women who remember God unceasingly. For all of them has God readied forgiveness of sins and a mighty reward. Okay, you ready? All right, so now that was my recitation voice. Um, so was that from, what did I say? Surah, uh, Surah Nisa is your right hand and Surah Azab is your left hand. Final answer? The answer is Surah Azab. What? If you had that Nisa hand up, you got to put your hand down. I'm sorry. You are out of the game. Can you raise your hand if you're still in the game? It's Ramadan. Honestly, we've got one, two, three, four, five. Uh-oh. Okay, we got just a few more people in the game still. All right, all right. Okay, we're turning up. True or false, remember? Right is true, left is false. Miriam, mother of Jesus, also known as Isa. Miriam, mother of Jesus, is the only woman mentioned by name in the Quran. True or false? Right hand is true, left hand is false. Sure, I can repeat. Sure, I'll do it one more time. Brothers and sisters, true or false? Miriam, Miriam, mother of Jesus, is the only woman mentioned in the Quran by name. True or false? The answer is true. Right hands get it. Although the Quran refers to several women, Maryam is the only one mentioned by name in chapter 19. It is named after, chapter 19 is named after her. What? Still in the game? Okay. All right, question number six. Who's still in the game? Okay. Number six, true or false? The original copy of the Quran was kept by Uthman, the daughter Hafsa. What? Oh, that's what that means, with all those parentheses. Okay, Uthman, that's what that apostrophe is. Uthman's daughter Hafsa, is that true or false? Hmm? The original copy of the Quran. You got a true hand up, we got a true over there, we got a true over there. Got any falses? Okay, three trues. Only three of you still in the game? You get your hand? One more? Okay. Hold on, who's still in the game? Put your hand up really, really, really big. In fact, do me, do me a favor. Can you stand up if you're still in the game? Just stand up with your hand up. I saw some, I only saw about like six people with their hands up. Stand up, please. Okay, great. Thunderbolt round. Thunderbolt round. Okay, no. Thunderbolt round. Okay. So the question is, again, the original copy of the Quran was kept by Uthman's daughter, Hafsa. Right hand is true, left hand is false. Right hand is true, left hand is false. The answer is false. What? What? It was Umar's daughter. Oh, Hafsa, it's a trick question. <laughs> Umar. Omar, sorry. So hold on, is there only one person? No. Were you the only person standing? <laughs> were you, you were still standing too? The two of you? Okay. The two of you were standing? Okay. Honor system, brothers and sisters. Both of you come to the front, please. Come on. Lightning round. Thunderbolt round. <laughs> okay, so this is the thunderbolt round. We're almost... Pardon? No, you can't give me the question. Are you the moderator? MashaAllah. Translator. Okay. Okay. All right, so we'll take our time then doing that. Okay, so this is how this is going to work. I will ask an open-ended question, okay? So it's not true or false. You got to give me the answer. You got this, sister. Tell us that you got this. Sorry, brother. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'll ask an open-ended question, and the first person to raise their hand with the right answer gets a point. I will. 
Okay, you know, and secretly, I actually work as an interpreter, so I understand respect, respect. Okay, you give her time? <laughs> I'll try. Okay. Okay, so the first person that gets it, okay, the person gets the highest points. So you get the highest points will win. Someone watch the points for me? Thanks, because I can't do two things at once. All right. Question number one. Name this woman. She was a Sufi mystic woman who lived a celibate life dedicated to God. Eighth century, Basra, Iraq. Oh, while she put her hands up. Brother, did you put your hand up too? <laughs> Rabia Alawiya. Yes. Woo! One point. Mashallah. Okay. Okay, someone keep telling. One point for the ladies. No, I know. <laughs> okay, okay. Question number two. All right. Question number two. Why was Uthman ibn Affan called Zu al Nuran? Nuran. <laughs> that means the one with the lights. Do you know the answer? Do you know the answer? No. Okay, sure. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I love it. Why was Uthman ibn Affan called Zu al Nurain? Why was he called? Why? Do you know the answer? Okay, he said, the brother said, because he carried the sword. And yes, sister, what's your answer? Hold on, say it again. Ooh, because he's the only man who married two of the prophet's daughters. Stand here and take it. Okay, number two. I'm taking it. <laughs> okay. Number three. <clears throat> this woman fought in battle of in the battle of Ud and protected the prophet from attacks, getting inflicted with 13 wounds. <laughs> you know nothing? Nuseiba bin Wow. Allah voluntarily acted as the Prophet Muhammad's personal bodyguard and fought bravely to protect him during the Battle of Uud. Woo, one time for the sister! Let's do one more, one more. Maybe, okay, the very last one? Okay. The last one, right? The last one. This is the last one, all right, brother? Maybe you can redeem yourself, I don't know. Thunderbolt round. Okay, me too. Number five. <clears throat> Finally. Have you been reading our newsletters? Uh-oh. Ooh. It says, what is the name of the next Katiba for the Women's Mosque of America that's coming up for the Women's Mosque for Friday's Juma? Does anybody know? Does anybody in the audience know? Granted, you're not going to win the prize, but we'd like to know if anybody in the audience knows. No, not Adina, but I love that you tried. <laughs> it's okay. We know what we know our winner, but yes, who is our Katiba? One more time, say it really loud. What? Zara Balu of Care will be delivering the khutbah on Friday, mashallah. Yes, you can hold on, hold on. Hold on, congratulations, hold on to our winner on the 24th. Congratulations to our winner. She's from Care, and she'll be delivering the khutbah. She's from Care. You may have seen her on the telly. Uh, she'll be doing it on the 24th, the first, um, at 1 p.m. in Pico Union Station. So also, okay, your prize, we'll get that to you. You get your popcorn and movie tickets. Congratulations, I love it. We just want to have this exercise in addition to like getting you guys going and paying attention to bring focus and attention to women and important women and figures in Islam. Often it's overlooked, so we think it's important to throw that out there. So congratulations. Oh, can you, yeah, translate all that? Oh, you're welcome. All right. <clears throat> now that we are, oh, thank you. No, it wasn't for me. Okay. Um, it was not for me. Now that we are warmed up, you feel it tingling, everybody's focused, you, your stomachs are full, mashallah, you have that nice food. Um, 
We would like you to get to know the people at your table. So I want you to talk to someone new that you have not met before. If you've been doing it, please continue. And in a short while, we will begin our program. We have coffee and tea and donuts and treats over there. So you can get those as well. This woman, I remember this thing started out as an idea, a dream. She was moved and motivated, and I'm sure she'll elaborate on that. It turned into this beautiful, this beautiful event. So I'd like, without further ado, to introduce my good friend, Hasna Masnavi. Assalamualaikum. Thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, it's really amazing how far we've come in just a year. Uh, a year ago, it was Ramadan, and I was sitting with my small halakha group, and I took a deep breath, and I told them about this secret plan I've had since I was seven to build a mosque. Um, and to see those people still here, um, and in a group, in a room of 150-plus people with a sold-out venue and a waiting list is just beyond amazing. So thank you for being here. It's really humbling. The Women's Mosque of America is not just a mosque, it's a movement. Six months ago, when we launched our first Jummah in January, we never expected more than 150 people to come out, fly out from all over the US and Canada um, for that first Jummah. And we certainly never expected people to contact us from all over the world, begging us to open up branches uh, in Turkey, England, Sweden, um, people from all over the U.S. have been begging us to open up chapters, and we we're like, wait, we, we still have to establish this first one. Um, but the overwhelming response that we got showed us that this was something that took off, not because of anything that we did, but because it was something that was already in the air. It was something that was bound to happen, and we were incredibly blessed to be the ones to make it happen. So alhamdulillah for that. You guys being here tonight is part of history because we're raising funds to build the first chapter of the Women's Mosque of America in the country. Everyone here in this room, you are our core supporters and you're the ones who are going to help us grow from just one Jummah a month with a staff of volunteers to Jummahs every single Friday and chapters all across America. We hope that each branch can eventually serve as an epicenter for female and women's, Muslim women's empowerment so that women can come to our mosques, grow empowered, grow inspired, and then return to their communities and their local mosques and join positions of leadership and scholarship to then teach and lead the next generations. When we look at the Ummah today and we compare it to our history, I think it's clear to everyone that we are in need, our Ummah is in need of a renaissance or a reawakening. We talk so much about our glory past, about the golden ages in Spain, about the way Islam liberated women and empowered the orphans, freed the slaves, closed the gap between the rich and the poor, revolutionized the world and united warring tribes. But how much of that do we still see in practice today? God tells us in the Quran that God does not change the condition of a people until they first change the condition of themselves. To change the fate of our community and to re-inspire it, we have to untap the potential of the whole, not just the half. Muslim women in America are the second most highly educated female religious demographic, and we hold high positions of power and leadership in every single field imaginable. Yet, when we enter the mosques, you'll rarely ever hear the voices of these women in positions of authority or leadership. And it's not because anyone's stopping us, but it's because we're stopping ourselves. 
because we don't feel worthy. A few years ago, I had a profound experience at a mosque where I was sitting, it was Friday, which used to be my favorite day of the week, um, but at that point had become a day of intense torture and guilt and shame um, over the fact that I was struggling to get myself to go to the mosque. Um, me, someone who loves the mosque, whose heart hangs in the mosque, and who has dreamed of building a mosque since she was seven, I was finding it difficult to go. And I was blaming myself. I was thinking, what's wrong with me? You know, um, If I were a better Muslim, I would just be able to focus and just go. And it wouldn't matter where I'm sitting or who I can see or what I can do. But I forced myself to go that day. I, again, struggled with shaitan, as I, I thought it was. And I got myself to go to the mosque for, for uh, prayer that day. And as the imam started to speak, he said, look around you. Imagine if everyone, if in this mosque, we told all of the black people to enter from the back. And we told all of the Pakistani people to sit on the sides. And mind you, I was peering at him uh, from a, a converted office room. Um, I could barely see him way in the back. Um, and so when I heard him start to say this, I got really excited. I was like, oh my God, this guy is my hero. I love this imam. He's going to start talking about women in the mosque and women in the ummah. And so I'm waiting for him to make that transition, and I'm waiting, and he never makes that transition. The rest of his khutbah, he only talks about race relations in the mosque. And it was at that moment that I realized, it was such an ironic situation, right? He's talking about segregation in the mosque and literally physically segregating people. And I realized in that moment that he could not see the irony in that situation because he couldn't see me. He couldn't see the irony in that situation because he could not see me. And it's when, it's when I had that realization that I finally, I finally understood that it wasn't ever going to be someone else that I was waiting for to give me permission. I had to give myself permission and give permission to my sisters. At the Women's Mosque of America, we are not waiting for anyone else to give us permission. We're giving ourselves permission and we're empowering one another, one another to give, a, a, give our sisters permission to step up and break down the psychological barriers to our rightful role in the ummah. Being, a, being able to hear women laugh out loud in the mosque, to hear them correct the imam during prayer, and hearing women regularly deliver khutbahs from the mimbars and share their spiritual wisdom from their first-hand perspective has been incredibly empowering. The most eye-opening element for me has been the surprising nurturing role I've had to take with the khatibas, who are people I've all, all of us look up to. Yet, even though they're so qualified, overqualified, every single one of them has felt unworthy. Every single one of them has felt so nervous and has said, not me, it's some, uh, someone else, it's not me, I'm not qualified. Um, and it's only for the sole reason that she's never seen anyone, else, seen anyone else do it before. But for each woman who pushes past her fears and steps up to the mimbar, she gives permission to more women to do the same. And inshallah, in another few years, this fear and nervousness of being the first will have gone away. And it'll be a thing of the past. Uh, and I've been told by our media chair to mention that you can watch all of our khutbahs, uh, or you can listen to all of our khutbahs online on our SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube pages. It is our dream to see all mosque boards made up of 50% women, to see female presidents in 50% of mosques, and to see 50% of all speaking panels made up of women. 
The ultimate dream is to see women scholars back in their historic and rightful role in positions of, of religious authority in Islam. Not just one or two scholars here and there, but thousands of women scholars en masse, just like they existed during the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him's time, and the first few hundred years after his death. It is my personal vision to see this mosque, inshallah, spark the pathway towards our long-awaited Islamic re renaissance, one that is shaped by Muslim women's voices, perspectives, leadership, and scholarship. This change doesn't happen overnight, though, and that's why you're here. We need your help. So this Ramadan, we've set a goal to raise $30,000 to fund our operations in Jummahs for the upcoming year and to help us launch all of our new co-ed programs, women-led co-ed programs and events for the greater community to benefit from female religious uh, from the female religious perspective. Alhamdulillah, over the past uh, few weeks, we've raised about $2,000 in small donations, and I'm asking you tonight to help us raise the remainder. With a donation of $1,000, 500 $250, or 100 inshallah, if each person in this room just gives $250, will be set for the entire next year. And I know that might sound like a lot to some people, so even if you can give a recurring contribution of $25, $50, or $100 uh, a month, that would really ma make a huge impact on all of our programming for the upcoming year. Uh, we are a purely volunteer-run grassroots organization, and our small group of six board members, who are all volunteers, uh, ha and who all have full-time jobs outside of the mosque have been putting this together. We've been able to pull um, all of our monthly jummas, uh, rent, security, insurance, videography, sound, uh, and everything else um, that goes into each jumma on a shoestring budget for about $1,500 um, each jumma. but this amount so far has been coming mainly from our board. In the coming year, we hope to expand to doing more jummas each month and to start popping up in new cities around Southern California and the Bay Area. We have a lot of interest, I mean, people pressuring us. Because separating cultural practices from Islamic practices is the single most imp important way to empower Muslim women and reconnect them to their faith, Quran literacy and comprehension is the number one focus for our mosque and what we're pushing in all of our events and our programs in the first year. Once we launch our co-ed women-led Quran literacy program, this year, men and women will be able to follow through an entire year-long reading of the entire Quran in English with visiting female scholars to present on certain uh, verses. With your donations tonight, we can expand this small program beyond LA and stream it nationally so that people all across the country can participate. And we've already been getting a lot of interest uh, from people outside of uh, California. We've had an influx of new Muslims come through our doors each month um, and just like we have a wait list here tonight, we actually have a wait list for people who want to convert. <laughs> um, we've had two people who have converted as already. And we also have just people who are coming to learn more about Islam um, and just, you know, support us in, as interfaith sisters. Uh, we regularly have about 20 interfaith sisters who come to our Jummahs and they actually pray with us. Um, so we want to just put together a support system for them through our new uh, Ansar New Muslim Partnership Program and with your help, we can. Another program we hope to launch this upcoming year is our Women Speakers Series. Um, and we want to have both men and women um, to be able to benefit from hearing from our community's brilliant women, scholars, talk on, an, uh, on a range of academic, spiritual, and relevant practical topics. 
a few months ago, we had an, a really amazing event. Uh, we partnered with Bayonne Claremont Graduate School, um, who brought over Dr. Zarina Grewal from Yale University. And she gave an amazing talk on the American, uh, American Quran, um, which is an art project um, that was done by a non-Muslim artist um, who hand transcribed the entire Quran and illustrated every single page of it. And her talk was incredible. There are so many more scholars like her and Sheikas and Ostadas over the, all over the U.S. that we can start bringing to California uh, if we can get your support. We also plan to have women's empowerment workshops on public speaking, how to lead a prayer and deliver a khutbah, um, attaining financial security. I might need to take that one. Um, learning how to code, self-defense, uh, sexual health, compassionate parenting, and Islamic art, just to name a few. We also hope to start a youth program to foster healthy American Muslim identities in both boys and girls, um, to teach them healthy gender relations, uh, gender relations at a young age. Because we allow boys 12 and under to attend our jummas and our prayer services, we already are training the next generation of Muslim men uh, to look up to women, to look up to Muslim women as religious authority figures and leaders, part of the secret plan. With your support and within another generation, we can shift the tide in our community completely and seamlessly. And we'll see exponential increases in leadership roles women play in our ummah, the way they did during the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him's time, inshallah. Together, we can make him proud by making his vision of a dynamic and healthy, thriving ummah come through. One that involves the talents and perspectives of every single Muslim, man, woman, young and old. You all have envelopes on your tables tonight uh, with donation and pledge forms. So please fill them out and fill them out generously and put them on our back table um, as we go to Isha. Uh, at this time, I'd like to bring our board up to the stage. Can we get all of our board members, please? Um, so that you can just hear a little for them, from them uh, about their reflections um, on how the past uh, year has gone. Uh, please welcome Zeba Omar, our treasurer. Uh, please also welcome Logan Seiler, our secretary. Oh, I think he had to take the baby home. I think he left, but he was here earlier. <laughs> uh, Nia Malika Dixon, our director of social and emotional health. Maheen Ibrahim, our Director of Media and Communications. She has been doing an amazing job getting those khutbahs online. Who, who here has been watching our khutbahs or listening to them? Awesome. She did that. <laughs> and our newest member, we're very honored to have, Adina Lekovic, uh, our Director of Community Outreach. Um, and I also want to quickly recognize a few of our top volunteers, allies, and advisors in the audience. We have a long list of um, scholars we've been working with and advisors and people who've been helping us behind the scenes, but I'll just quickly um, thank the people who are here tonight to make it go a little faster. So um, when I call your name, please stand. Todd Gallinger, who has been helping us with strategic planning. Where is he? Oh, he's over there. <laughs> Trying to sneak away. 
Um, Jihad Turk, I don't know if he's here yet. He's coming from the other mosque, but he's been a great advisor um, and, uh, and has um, partnered with us. Bayan, uh, Bayan Claremont Graduate School is actually our mosque's first official partner. Trevina Springer. Um, Trevina has been moderating our discussion circles at the mosque um, and she really, really um, goes out of her way to create a fun and nurturing tone for everyone to feel comfortable. So we really owe a lot to her. I'm so indebted to her. Thank you. Um, Zain Omar, who is Zeba's husband. Where is he? He's at the back table. He's volunteering as we speak. <laughs> um, he has been tirelessly helping us with our website uh, and online analytics from day one, and he was there actually to help us set up carpets for the first Jumma. so we have a lot of amazing men who've been working with us. Um, and finally, our number one volunteer, Mariam Salimi. Where is she? Where are you? Stand up. So she... <laughs> She is the one who put this whole thing together. Um, thank you. You didn't. Um, as you guys know, our first venue was at the AAAJ Center, which was literally just a conference room, um, and it could probably seat about 50 people. Um, she stepped in, and we uh, moved to this space, and all of the decor, everything, food, she took care of everything, because we were, we were so burnt out planning the Jummas, we couldn't do it, so she really did it. She really did it. Thank you. Okay, so at this time, we'll hear like a minute from each uh, board member, um, and then we'll go around the room, because we want to hear from congregants. Um, you know, the men in the audience haven't really been able to experience the Jummas, so 